Uh, we just thank God for this conference and for everyone being here tonight. Why don't we pray? We'll ask God to bless, and then we're going to go right into the video, uh, Stephen Pam Thornton's video of the work that's been taking place in Argentina, and then you come right up and we'll chat for a little bit right after that video. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you so much that we can be here tonight. I just pray that you'd bless this service, that you'd move among us this evening. I pray that as we watch the video, as we listen to the testimonies, Lord, please stir our hearts. And then as Brother Bob preaches tonight, Lord, I just pray that the word of God would just speak clearly to us. We need to hear from you. We want to hear from you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Argentina is the second largest country in South America with a population of over 47 million people. The main religion is Roman Catholicism, but all denominations and false cults are present as well. The country is divided into 23 provinces or states, some of which still do not have even one independent Baptist church. The Thorntons are in the city of Rosario, which has a population of a little over 1 million people. Today, there are three independent Baptist churches in that city and plenty of room for many more. Brother Steve and Pam have been missionaries in Argentina for 31 years. During that time, they have been involved in church planning, camp ministry, and the training of national pastors and their wives. Through the years, many have accepted Christ as Savior through the churches and camp, and five have been called into full-time ministry and are serving in that capacity. Through Bible College Ministry, 15 men have been trained as pastors for churches in Argentina and Bolivia. During the pandemic, Argentina experienced almost two years of lockdown beginning in March of 2020 and continuing until January of this year. During this time, Brother Steve was recording messages and sending them on WhatsApp to the church group and then in video form by YouTube to be able to continue preaching the gospel and instructing the new Christians. During the times they were allowed to meet, there were restrictions that meant meeting outside in the winter meetings with only 10 present at a time, no food allowed, and such. At the end of last year, Brother Steve turned the camp ministry over to a younger missionary, Sean Bateman. For two years, camps weren't allowed. Then in January of this year, the Batemans held their first camp and had 61 campers and 10 saved. What a blessing. Please pray for God to give strength and wisdom to Brother Sean as he continues this important ministry started many years ago. Pastor Hernán Ortiz is now the pastor of the last church that the Thorntons started. He and his wife, Cristina, 
has grown a lot and are really accepting the challenge of taking the church forward for the glory of God. While he still works part-time secularly, they are both involved in teaching and discipling each week while doing youth meetings and the regular services. The Thorntons are involved in church planning through helping national pastors and through the church planning network Riba that Brother Steve started with a handful of pastors four years ago. The goal is to encourage, help, and aid church planners in their new ministry. This extends to help rent facilities, helping with building needs, transportation needs, and many other things. Next February, the yearly church planning conference will be held at the Camp at Rosario where it first began. Please be in prayer as they are trying to encourage all the pastors to come with their families so that the wives and children can be challenged and encouraged also. When the Thorntons return to Argentina, they will continue to be involved in church planning and in the training of nationals for the ministry. Your faithfulness and continued prayer and support have taken the gospel to these people. Thank you for that faithfulness. May the Lord reward you for your involvement in His work around the world. Very good. Is that the microphone working? Are you testing? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Very good. All right. So um, the the Thorntons, you've been missionaries in Argentina for thirty one years. Thirty one years. All right. Well, why don't you just share with everybody how the Lord brought you to Argentina? It, for Pam, that was um, you didn't have much choice in whether you were going to be in Argentina or not. So that's a um, so everybody might not know that about your childhood, so I'm looking forward to hearing about that. But why don't you start? How did God work in your heart, Brother Steve, to go to Argentina? Okay, I was uh, saved when I was in, just before I got out of the Army. Uh, came back into Columbus, Ohio, worked in my church. Then God called me to preach. So I went out to Bible College in, in Springfield, Missouri, uh, planning on being a, a pastor. And we had every Tuesday night uh, in the college, we had what they called Missions Prayer Band, where a missionary, we would pray for missionaries, and a missionary would come in and show at that time slides, not video slides. And uh, her dad came in, showed slides, and at that time uh, told us about the need. Uh, there, at that time, there were six uh, independent Baptist missionaries in Argentina, and we saw. I saw. I saw the need. That was before we were, you know, we were friends, but that was it. And then. Uh, God showed me that, that night that, you know, he wanted me in Argentina. And so that's how, you know, things started uh, between. But so it was your father-in-law, but my, not at the time. Right. My future father-in-law's. Oh. But his slides is what God used to speak to my heart. Wow. Yep. And so, Ms. Thornton, what's your story? Okay. Well, um, I grew up on the mission field, a different part, but in Argentina. And I just assumed God would want me to be a missionary because I already spoke the language, knew the place. Now, but how were you, how old were you when you were you born on the mission field? Did you? I was born on a furlough, so I was a year old when we went back. Wow. Yes. So, all my life, and I came back when I was eighteen. 
So I assumed I would be, but I didn't feel a calling to be, and I was educated in elementary education also, so I was looking at taking a job because I had no direct leading. And then this guy starts hounding me. <laughs> hounding? <laughs> but I mean, uh, he asked me out. And uh, it's a long story. It's a funny story, another day. So anyway, long story short, we end up together and we're both going to the same place. I asked her if she'd be willing to go back to Argentina as a missionary when she said yes. I said, all right, uh, how, how would you like to be my girlfriend? <laughs> was, was that right? Short, sweet, to the point. Right, direct, just like that. Awesome. So what, um, so you, how many churches have been planted there through your direct efforts? Uh, through our direct efforts, I believe it's six. Wow. And with the college, with the guys that have also been training in our college, it's probably 25. Okay. So 25. Mm -hmm. So just so everyone knows, not all, but most of our missionaries, they go to the mission field for the purpose of not starting a church, but of getting that first church started and then planning another one, replicating. And so you've got the church, there's a Bible Institute, or do you work with a, what's the whole oh, picture? We, we, had, we had a Bible college where uh, other pastors were sending their students in, but then it, that kind of dried up with, because of lack of students. And so now when we go back, uh, uh, a lot of my former students have asked me to put courses on uh, video forms that they can use in their Bible Institute. So that's what we're going to do when we go back. Right. Let's talk a little bit about Argentina. Maybe Mrs. Thornton, what, like speaking that we, most of us know nothing. What would you, what would you say? Well, we look at the slides and it looks like a very modern, you know, 21st century city that you're in, but what would we maybe be surprised to learn about Argentina? How much use we can get out of something, um, how many people we can put in a space. We define space totally different. We define personal space between people totally different. Um, you, you ride on the buses and you're riding like this on top of people, like you see in, in perhaps in movies or something from other countries. There's, they're just everyday little things like that that are maybe normal to us that would that so so this is like a 500 seat auditorium then or like oh we could we could pack at least 250 people in here at least the fire department says we can have like 150 i think in the building if that I'll take your word for it. All right. So let's talk a little bit. It looks like the camp ministry is a big part of the, the work there. Can you tell us a little about what goes on at camp and how many how many weeks you have? Okay, we have, we have well, we have it for different uh, activities. We have it for teen camp. We've had it for children's uh, camps. Uh, we use it for couples retreats, uh, men's retreats, ladies retreats. So we use it for a lot of things. And the churches in Rosario we use it for picnics and. Uh, all the holidays, we, we get out there for picnics, and uh, so we, we've used it for, you know, try to use it as much as we can. It's a 10-acre camp. So how did you, so who owns who owns the camp? The it's it's in the name of, we have a uh, non-profit uh, organization that's in the name of the non-profit, because if it's in my name and I die, then uh, my children, 
or child could you know claim right, it. Right. What just happened with some missionaries? They've had their church properties in their names, and their children who have gotten away from the Lord take the property. Church. Oh yeah. So, so what? How did that? Is that like? I can't imagine it's easy to acquire property in a foreign country like that. How did that come? Uh, in Argentina, if you've got the money, you can get it. Okay. Yeah. So we we've got uh, like I said, ten acres. We paid roughly sixty thousand dollars for ten acres uh, outside. Uh, of Rosario. Inside Rosario would be much, yeah. So it's, it's about, you know, what, 30, 40 miles outside of Rosario. And so it's, it's out in the country. Mm. And that's what we wanted. We want, because we wanted to get the teens away from the city where they could get in a place where, you know, we could get their attention. Right. So we use it for everything. So it's, it's, it's in use. Like the last two years of COVID, it was not in use. But now it's getting put back in use again. We've already had your COVID lockdown was pretty extreme. Ooh, very extreme. You saw that where the police were pulling people over at the papers because even those that are going to work, it was outside of their neighborhood. They had to have special permission from the government to be able to go to work wow. outside of the neighborhood. And so you got, had to have a pass just to go to your right. If they got caught outside of the neighborhood without the pass. The first time it was a fine. The second time it was jail. Wow. Yeah. Were people actually imprisoned? Yes. Wow. Yep. So how did, you, in the States, obviously, some churches did better than others through the COVID uh, experience. How were the, the churches, um, you know, your network of churches, how did they fare through, through it all? It, it, it impacted us, you know, not, you know, we didn't have any, you know, clothes or anything like that, but it did slow things down a lot, especially, uh, you know, going out, because we do a lot of uh, evangelism in parks. People are more open in the park areas than going door to door. We go door to door also, but most of the time, you know, people won't talk to us. But we have lots of parks because in our homes, there's very few that have yards. Mm. And they're more open to allow you to talk to them if you catch them in a park. And so, but during COVID, you know, that was not allowed. You weren't allowed to pass out anything paper uh, because you could have COVID on it. And so that really slowed us way down real slow and so just online bible studies preaching online that for probably eight or nine months at least it was like that then after that like you know groups of 10 so we had to do you know multiple services to get the people into the services so so two and eight right what would you say help us understand what is the as you as we look at the state of missions and evangelism in Argentina, what's the biggest need of the churches right now? Uh, obviously, there's the need to plant more churches, but in the churches themselves, how can we pray effectively for the Argent, the churches of Argentina? I think the, all of our pastors work, you know, kind of like this, this area up here, you know, everybody works. And so uh, I think one of the things would be to pray, you know, for the pastors and their families for encouragement and strength uh, would be uh, you know a, a real needed prayer request because you know they they put in a full day's work and then you know they're, they're doing everything right because you know, they're starting churches and uh and we just how large it. is the average church probably the average church is anywhere from 25 to 50. Mm-hmm. yeah we have we have one church that's probably 60 years old. It's hitting 200 in one city. Mm-hmm. But that's probably the largest independent Baptist church in Argentina. Wow. Yeah. So most of them are in the 25, 
just 60, 70 range. Okay. So. Now you do a lot of work. I think I, I heard a little bit about um, Mrs. Thornton spent some time with our ladies group this morning. You do a lot of work with the children, but I heard that something happens around age eight or nine where they. Could you explain that? It's a very Catholic-dominated country, right? It is very Catholic. We were talking about education and um, the regular school system not being good, and a lot of strikes, and just a whole lot of situations going on, and very, 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 very few being able to go to a private school situation type of thing. It's just not affordable. It wasn't even in our books. So the option in between is to go to a Catholic type school or a something that's of a religious type of nature. But in order to do that, if you're letting me have talk with your hands, in order to do that, they have to uh, participate in in the catechisms and all the rituals, and so they cannot come and be in Sunday school and be attending there during the times that they're. They're going through their uh, their catechism and their mm. confirmation. So it's and how long does that last? Times. Well, the one is somewhere between eight and nine, eight and ten years old. By the time they do the classes and they have their thing, and then it's this whole ceremony. And then at uh, twelve, then they have their confirmation. And so during that period of time, it is so crucial because they've grown up and they're in Sunday school and they've loved it, and but they cannot come for that time frame. Or sometimes they come, but it's mostly we lose lose them for that period, and then you have to try to recover them mm. afterwards. And it, it's hard because they were so into it, right? But you can't tell them not be educated either. It's, it's and they're so these are they're. What about the families in the church? How do they deal with uh, their? How do they educate their children? God works out just little things here and there. We have uh, one school, for instance, that didn't require them to be Catholic to attend. So they were able to have all three of their kids go through the school and uh, participate in, in all the, the things. Homeschooling now. now homeschooling is coming in. It's, it's like in the beginning stages of what it might have been here. And so it's, it's not organized. Mm -hmm. It's not, um, it's not, they're not prepared for it. They just, there's a bacteria available and you can do it and take a test at the end of the year. So it's not really a great option, but it's one that some of the, the national pastors, for instance, are doing if they're in the middle of nowhere and doing it on their own. And so that, that takes some coaching and help as well. I'd ask this just to, as we kind of wrap up a little bit. Aaron, do you know what? That, that is not you doing that. I don't know what's... There's some interference. Something's causing interference. Yeah, I don't... I don't know. It's not you. Um, what I was going to ask was, you each time you come back to the states, what do you as you go to churches and obviously you're in missions conference, mission services, colleges probably. What do you see as the the what maybe are some concerns or maybe some encouraging things about the state of missions in America and how have things changed maybe since you started 30, 31 years ago. But we're, we're talking about the churches that support us because we've been going to the churches that support us. This time, praise the Lord, uh, they're going well, just like here. Uh, you know, a couple of churches, you know, we've seen it uh, lack. We love singing in Argentina. Our people love to sing. And, you know, 
And so and sometimes you only have two or three songs and you're saying, you know, I'd like to have some more saving, you know. But uh, but as far as uh, missions minded, church planning, mm -hmm. uh, most of our support comes from Ohio. And, and the churches that support us, they have been really doing a great job of, of training men, uh, just the pastors training their own men and sending them out to start new churches. Uh, and so that's been an encouragement to us because, you know, years ago when we first started, that wasn't happening. You know, uh, you know it was, they were just not, but church planning in Ohio, the churches that support us are doing real well and the missions emphasis is doing well. So. So far, we cannot really complain. Amen. It's been good. The ser all the service, the churches we've been in, services have been great. And so, I mean, some of the other ones from other areas, you know, might see stuff. But so far, uh, like I said, most of ours have been in, in um, Ohio and just a few in other states. But, you know, we have been pleasantly surprised with our churches doing, you know, a good job. That's awesome. Yeah. It's great to hear. Um, we hear a lot of, you know, doom and gloom sometimes, but it's good to hear this, that the the church is moving forward Amen. and it's, it's awesome. That's been great. It's been, you know, really been encouraged because we, we, there's been times where we come back and, and the churches were dead, you know, and just this time it's been, churches have been vibrant, you know, and, and the majority, you know, like here, good singing and, and, and excitement. And so that's, that's good. Amen. What about missionaries coming to Argentina? What's the need? How are we doing as in the U.S.? We need more. There's not, there's not, many coming to Argentina. I'm not sure why, you know, I know it's a long way away and we don't get to come home as, you know, as much as we don't come home unless we have a man prepared to pastor the people. So the way God to go back and rebuild the work again. And so uh, we need more missionaries. Praise the Lord, the last uh, three years, we've gotten uh, two more for Rosario, Brother Bateman that we turned the camp over to. Uh, he's 38. And, doing a real good job and, and, and from his mission they've got another couple that's learning Spanish right now but we need more missionaries pray the Lord of the harvest to send more missionaries to Argentina please what would you say to maybe some young people here that are seeking God's will I'd ask each of you to answer that question maybe some young people here what do I do with my life um, in, in as they think about missions how would you tell them to, to be open to it what would you what might you say to some young people All right. Um, mm, you've got to learn your stuff in school. You can't figure out another language if you don't need English. You can't figure out how many kilometers to go or how to do your math or how to, to do the, all the fun stuff that's in another country if you don't know the basics. Wow. So do your homework. Do, when you yeah. when you do you it heard well it in here. school, it's amazing how much it helps you to learn more stuff about more countries. So much easier. So much easier. Learn that map. Find out where the world is. Find out what people do in that part of the world. What do they eat? What is their day like? What do they dress like? It's really, 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 really interesting. I challenge you to do that. Be in contact with missionaries. Uh, I, 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 we do get every once in a while uh, email from uh, you know a child in a Sunday school class or something like that, and we always uh, write back. You know, they, they write us with questions about Argentina, and, and we and so get as much information you can about some countries. Talk to your parents, 
Uh, parents, you lead them, uh, you know, to seek God's will. If God wants them to be a missionary, that is the best Amen. thing they can do. Yes. Okay. And encourage them and put them in contact with missionaries from different places. Uh, and uh, most missionaries will respond. And because uh, I think most of us, we do want new missionaries on the field. Uh, we're not getting any younger, you know, so. Uh, I, but I would say for the, the kids and the teenagers, contact some missionaries, asking questions. If you already know Spanish, Spanish-speaking country, man. Hey, Argentina. We are open for business, Argentina. Okay, some of you guys. All right, we got the message. Let's thank the Thorns for being with us tonight. Brother Thorne will be preaching tomorrow, and we're looking forward to that.